0: All
1: right, so there's a Côte de Rome village for seven, a
0: Bordeaux for nine, and a Brie here for eleven. Uh, Bordeaux is the second cheapest, so let's go with that. This is Wine School Dropout, and today we're talking about wine
1: pricing. We're going to break it down so that the next time you go to buy wine, you understand why things cost what they cost. I'm going to be real honest here. In the U.S., the average bottle of wine costs between 15 and 30 U.S. dollars. In the U.K., bottles run from five pounds to 25 pounds. It's no wonder pricing is a major source of stress for wine school dropouts such as yourselves. In the U.S. and the U.K., wine is considered a luxury item. There are two reasons for that. Cultural connotations. Y'all think wine is fancy. And pricing, wine is expensive. But why is that the case? Let's look at the cultural connotation. Have you ever been to the opera or the ballet? Even if you haven't, picture yourself being escorted to your seat by a white-gloved usher, looking up at the velvet curtains covering the grand stage, watching this show that a lot of people think is pretty great with zero understanding about what makes it so great. All you know is that the tickets were expensive and that it's fancy. So you say at the end that it was great, so you don't appear to be uncultured. A lot of people do this with wine. Studies have shown that if you put an expensive bottle and a cheap bottle in front of someone, they're more likely to think that the more expensive bottle tastes better even when the labels have been switched. Pricing and quality have always been connected, but with wine, the connotations of higher pricing make it so that we believe wine is something that should cost more to be good. It's why you might pick that second cheapest bottle or glass on the menu instead of the cheapest because you feel that if it costs more, it'll be better. Or heaven forbid you appear... Cheap. Let's talk about wine markups. Here's the deal. Your winemaker has grapes, ferments them, makes wine, bottles and packages it. But in the U.S., you don't buy directly from the winemaker. There's this thing called the three-tier distribution system. Long story short, your wine must go through three tiers before it even gets to you. The winemaker must sell the wine to a wholesaler. The wholesaler must then sell said wine to retail stores and restaurants. And then your local restaurant, wine shop, wholesale retailer sells it to you. And of course, each tier has their handout, each tier needing to take their cut for their part of the process.
0: Those are some sneaky markups. I guess I'll have the glass of Chardonnay for nine bucks. Speaking of which, when it comes to wine by the glass, things
1: get even more complicated. Let's talk about wine tax. In the US, each state sets its own wine tax, with New York, California, Louisiana, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Kansas all adding between 8 and 9% wine tax on the average bottle. Some of these fall under the category of sin tax which are taxes on certain goods deemed harmful to society. Other items on the syntax list. Cigarettes, liquor, gambling, and porn. In addition to these, you also have excise duties and VAT. In the UK, as of 2019, these account for over half the price of a bottle of wine. And if all that wasn't enough, in October 2019... The U.S. levied some major tariffs on French, Spanish, German, and U.K. still wines to the tune of 25%. Sheesh. We don't know the full impact of this yet, but it will definitely have an impact on the price of these bottles. Then, there is still the cost of logistics of sending your wine wherever and the currency exchange of pounds or euros to dollars. All that means that even though your wine costs less than a few pounds, dollars, euros to make, you're always going to pay more when you buy
0: it in the store. So you're saying this bottle of wine is actually worth like three or four bucks and the rest is tax? Exactly. And that's not all.
1: A single glass of wine is typically priced at the wholesale cost of the entire bottle. That means a wine you drink for $9 a glass would retail by the bottle for around $12 with a typical 30% markup from wholesale. If you're ordering more than three glasses of wine, buying the bottle in that case might actually be cheaper than ordering by the glass. But it all comes back to taste. If you order an entire bottle, what if you don't like it? What happens then? Call us, that's what. Just kidding. Kinda. But no one wants to order a bottle that isn't to their liking. Listen to our wine language episode to be sure this doesn't
0: happen to you. So what about like when I buy wine in a shop? It never costs me as much as in a restaurant.
1: That's because importing wine is a messy business. So, say you've got yourself a French wine. Doesn't matter the cost. Here's how that bottle is priced. A wine that leaves the winery costing the buyer €2, or $2.40 a bottle, would end up costing the consumer $9.99 in the U.S. after shipping, taxes, and markups. During the recession of 2008, imports of many wines slowed as disposable income became less available and importing of all wines became more expensive and therefore less viable. This had an interesting effect homegrown California wines became more popular. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, since, as we learned from episode one, California wine, it's pretty good.
0: All right, I think I get it now. So pricing really depends on a lot of things. Cost of production, distribution, tax, and transportation. Anything else? Yep, packaging. Packaging definitely has a huge effect on pricing. At restaurants, you're more likely
1: to see wine under cork rather than screw tops because visually it's more appealing to the eye. Opening a bottle with a corkscrew, the flick of the wrist, the presentation of it all, it's an experience. Untwisting a cap, not so much. The reality of it is, and studies have shown, younger wines don't need or benefit from a cork. A screw cap is perfectly fine. But because a screw cap doesn't give people the experience that uncorking the bottle does, most restaurants don't have screw capped wines on their list.
0: That applies to the label design too, right? I know I would think an old-timey gold script on a bottle would communicate that it's more expensive, coming from an ancient vineyard in an ex-village in France. Right. And those packaging choices can mean an extra dollar or two on your bottle. But what about boxed wine?
1: All right. So wine-by-the-box isn't the fanciest thing in the world. In fact, despite an increase in the number of wine-by-the-box companies, there's still a huge cultural hurdle in getting people to think differently about boxed wine. It goes back to the packaging and experience factor. Because it comes in a box rather than a bottle, the majority of people view boxed wines as lower in quality, and the lower price point doesn't help with that perception. Remember the ballet example? Sometimes people think something expensive has to be good. And they also believe the opposite. If it's cheap, then it's bad. But when it comes to boxed wine, there are certainly more than a few benefits worth considering. The average box of wine is equivalent to four bottles of wine, so you get more wine for your money. Its different packaging means that it can be stored and transported easily, which changes that logistics element that marks up your glass bottle. And it's easier on the environment. A box takes less energy to make, and it can be recycled much easier. The carbon cost of shipping a box of wine is much cheaper
0: as well. I still think it's a shame that all that stuff keeps people from trying new wines. It's true, but we won't be seeing boxed wine at restaurants anytime
1: soon. And that might be a good thing. There's a place for everything. And that kind of wine, well, it's designed for home consumption, or tailgating,
0: or picnics. Big box retailers sell the most boxed wine. I get it. It's all about context. Now let me get back to my $9 glass of Chardonnay. <laughs> for those of you that didn't take notes this episode, here are your wine school dropout Cliffs
1: notes: One, the second cheapest wine by the glass on a wine list usually has the highest markup. Two... Due to three-tier distribution, taxes, and transportation, French wine is cheaper in France. So I'm staying here. Three, you can bring a box of wine to the family barbecue, but not Christmas dinner. Because of ballet. Hey, Wine School Dropouts. Interested in learning more about the culinary world? Well, we've got to show you love. Copper and Heat is a James Beard award-winning podcast that explores the unspoken rules and traditions of restaurants. It's hosted by Katie Osuna, a cook and anthropologist. You can binge the first season on women in the culinary space and season two on the economic and financial challenges that people in the restaurant industry face. Copper and Heat, listen on your favorite podcast app. This episode was produced by Studio Ochenta, hosted by me, Tanisha Townsend. Our executive producer is Lori Martinez. Music by Gabrielle Damaso and Makai Beats. Art by Tiffany DeLune. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at WSDropoutPod. And for more shows from the rest of the team at Studio Ochenta, check out at Ochenta Podcast. Until next time, sit back, relax, and have a glass. Please drink responsibly.